0: When you're in the middle of trying to decide if you should stay at your job, go, be an entrepreneur, it is hard. And there are all these layers and things that come into play with making those decisions. And when we talked to Rose Aviles a couple of months ago, she was right in that position. Today, we are releasing an episode where we get a follow-up of what happened, where she's at, where she's going. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Take a listen. How is pregnant life pregnant life is um
1: interesting especially i think during the pandemic right the holidays are coming up and it's like okay i'm vaccinated but do i go to a family function still with these little kids that might not be vaccinated and what does that mean and because the thing is you always go to bed feeling paranoid it's like oh I was around a child today and that child
0: coughed. Like,
1: do I have COVID? And I look at my fiance, I'm like, am I okay? Do I look different?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's a hard time. This episode is going to come out at the, after the holidays, but it's kind of like, I just can't believe we're still having these conversations when, because we document our conversations And we have been during the whole pandemic. It's like, really? Are we seriously still going to be talking about this in 2022? And
1: we are. We are. And it's going to be more than just a discussion. I think, unfortunately, it's going to be a little bit like that fear mongering again. What we experienced in the way beginning, which is, that sucks. You know, bringing a child into a world like that, it's like, ugh.
0: How far along are you now? Seven months. Okay. How exciting. You're almost there.
1: I'm ready though. If she wants to come out tomorrow, I'm okay with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, let's do this.
1: (laughs) I am. Oh, goodness. And what about you? You have good weather over there? Good holiday season?
0: Yeah, I have nothing interesting to share. (laughs) I say, let's, let's jump into this conversation because I think it's going to be Super powerful. Uh, you know, one of our six principles or guiding principles throughout this What Rules podcast has been own your power. And it's become really important for me personally to remember to remind myself that I have power, first of all, and then like to go to that next step and own it. What does that actually look like? And what I love about this journey coming back to you and your story is in episode 54, so everyone who's listening, we, this is a part two episode with Rose Aviles. And in the first episode, you talked about some times where you didn't own it. And then when you did, and then it was like, whoa, you're so powerful. And now here we are still continuing on the journey and we're, we get to hear where you're at now, how you're owning it now, all your aha moments. But before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself to our new listeners? I am Ros
1: Aviles, and I am a Hispanic. I'm a Latina. I'm, I'm a Puerto Rican. I'm a New Rican I guess I'm a California Rican too. However, I work for the community. I love what I do. I, I work in community services for a um, multi-branch library system in Westchester County. It's in the city of Yonkers. And we have a very big population of which we have a very large, vulnerable population as well. And what I do, I think, is essential to making the library a community-centric hub, sort to speak, a place where people can come, look for resources, get free programming, and then figure out, continue to figure out what the community needs are. To serve that. And I think that's the most rewarding thing about what I do. And other than that, I teach as an adjunct professor at LIU. And that's also rewarding teaching students, especially when they want to (laughs) learn, which, you know, sometimes they don't. (laughs) That's just the reality. Um, But yes, I'm excited to be here today and to talk more about what rules and what rules I've broken recently that are still terrifying, but absolutely
0: empowering. Well, let me introduce myself. My name is Elisa Monjadas. I'm a vision producer and executive coach at The Happy Cactus. And I am doing this episode without my co-host, Rosen Medotti, today, but I think It'll be pretty cool to put my coach hat back on with you today, Rose, as we figure out we'll do a little bit of a recap of where you've been since we last talked and who knows what future is in store for you. And I think the most important thing I would like our listeners to hear and understand today is that we all go through ups and downs and ebbs and flows in life and On some days, there are things that are crystal clear to you, and some days it changes, and it is completely okay to change course without hesitation if you get new information. And it doesn't really matter who you talk to, what podcast you're on. A part of owning your power is also owning your choices and deciding what's best for you. So I would really like everyone listening today to think through what that looks like for you as we hear Rose's story.
1: Oh, Alisa! Now I'm thinking about my own. Like I I know I have one already, right? And set, I'm like, but what about what do I want to do? 2022.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's you know it's so hard sometimes to be an adult. It is. Like, man, there's so many pressures and decisions and things. Okay, so for those listeners who uh, haven't heard episode 54 in a while, at the very, very end of the episode, Rosen, I don't know if you remember this, you you said, and I'm quitting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Did I? Okay, that was the anticipated close. That was what it was. That's what I thought it was going to end up being naturally, because that's the direction that it felt like it was going in. But after that episode, I felt so empowered by even speaking the truth, by being with two other powerful leaders, Latina leaders who been there, done that, you know, just having that in itself and then taking myself back and saying, okay, so I do love what I do. I do love the position. If there's a way to work it out, then." it'll work itself out. And apparently that's exactly what happened. I, I still work for the library system and I'm still community services and I still get to work remotely. And the truth is my job makes sense remotely because a lot of what I do is multiple different hats in the community. It's you know not just serving the community members, but the the partners of the community, other organizations.
0: It's interesting to hear you today versus, you know, not that long ago, because before it was like, they're not treating me the way I need to be treated. I'm a high-risk pregnancy. I have all these concerns. They're not respecting me. They're manipulating me, all this kind of stuff. But now what I'm hearing you say is that, like, you feel like you have a role to play, in society and this job enables you to fulfill that role. And so I would like to know, like what of all those other kind of yucky circumstances, what changed? Did they change? Did you change? What happened?
1: None of that changed. Everything you said is true.
0: Okay. I've always
1: felt I have a role to play and I want to fulfill that role. More than being a necessity, It's wanting to also fulfill that role. When you say they mistreated me, that's what's technically not correct. So they is technically one or two people, right? And we talked about this transition in the organization, having a new director, and then months later having a new deputy director. The deputy director is, I want to say, a lot more... um, in tune, empathetically, compassionately, is a different leadership style, a different kind of management style than the new director. And I think that a lot of the disconnect with my position was when the new director came in. And it was just such a difference from the director prior to when I originally started working there. And change is good when it Makes sense when it feels good. But there was a real disconnect component to my position and the new director. Whereas now he's no longer my boss, by the way. Since the new director came in, she's my new boss.
0: Okay, so there's another level between you and the new director.
1: Yes, a very thick level, let's say, (laughs) thick to the point where I barely even have to interact.
0: Well, that's a game changer.
1: It says a lot about the rules in general. When I think about what rules in this situation, it's that connection. I think change management is important, you know? No, absolutely is important. And working for an organization you feel good in is crucial to your happiness in the role, your success in the role, going that extra mile. So she kind of came in and saved the day. She was like the superhero. and. I think she sensed it immediately.
0: Like, how do you know she sensed it? Like, because you've been super sensitive, right? And and I say that in a, I, I say that in more of like a hyper aware than super sensitive. Not like someone's going to hurt my feeling, but like hyper aware of protect, to protect yourself, your livelihood, your health, all of that. And what was it about her that helped you just see that you were, were like seen and heard and understood?
1: She has... Communicated directly about noticing some organizational behaviors that concern her. I, w- I talk a lot about diversity, equity, inclusion with her because she came in and we now have a subcommittee of what diversity, equity, inclusion means in the workplace. Number one, and how we bring that to the table with when we're serving our residents. That's number two. And for her to even put that on the table, for us, for an organization, you know, it makes an impact. It makes you take a step back and say, oh, wait a minute. They care about us as individuals working in this workplace, about, you know, how we feel, how, what matters most, you know, to us, not just as a collective unit, but, you know, as individuals respecting one another. So um, ironically, at one of these diversity, equity, inclusion meetings, they talked about What's that term when someone says something, it's like a microaggression and you know it's a microaggression, but it doesn't hit you until you're taking a shower later. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're like, oh wow, you're you're pretty. Like things like that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, uh
1: <laughs> or someone says, for example, I worked my entire pregnancy. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm working just because you don't see me sitting at my desk doesn't mean anything about not working, but a microaggression um, to a point where it makes you question your sanity or your decision-making. And her noticing those things in our work environment has really, I think, changed and impact, impacted a lot of our employees. So it's not just a me thing. I think it's a
0: bunch of us. Well, let's take it back to you. And I would love to know what you're learning now, what you're processing during all because this is a big moment of your life. Like you are in a really significant chapter of your life embarking on having a child. And so everything right now is really important to you for your future. It's different than probably it would have been a year ago where you're just worried about yourself and comfort and dealing with rude people. Now it's like this is I have some other things to consider. So what have you really what has that taught you about yourself because I actually think that everyone can learn from lessons from people who are in positions like you because it shouldn't have to take being pregnant to stand up for yourself for example. So I but I'm curious to know what has stood out for you.
1: That's A really great question, Alisa, and it's actually very hard to answer because it seems to change very frequently, almost from day to day, but the circumstances have changed. Yes, being pregnant makes a difference. Bringing a a girl into the world also makes a huge difference.
0: You said earlier, I got my power back. I absolutely got my power back
1: in the sense that having that meeting and being able to say, I'm sorry I can't come in because I am high-risk pregnancy and this is just my health condition. It's it's temporary until I give birth and them saying, "Okay, if this is your health condition and you cannot come into the office and you're safer working from home and it works, then we'll just wait until after you give birth." Now, that doesn't change that element though with how I felt prior to, or all the struggles, like you said, that I had to go through now that I'm pregnant and, you know, I can, I take that power back, taking that power and saying, okay, now I can work from home and feel comfortable at least until I give birth. I still feel a sense of anxiety because I'm going to give birth and the next step is going to be going back into the office full time with... (laughs) You know, my office is literally parallel to the directors and that in itself gives me like this anxiety where I'm like, I'm not so sure that I can go back to that. Not just after exploring and understanding that my position can be fully remote, but sometimes when you don't, you know, you don't feel good in a place that's not going to change. And you know, it's not you because You've tried many different strategies. Sometimes it just doesn't work. And so there is still the potential that I don't go back.
0: I read recently that the average woman stays in her job two years longer than she needs to. And it's usually because of a sense of responsibility for the role. And in your case, you have, you know, a almost like a public service role and it's more than just you that's affected if you leave. That's like your community, and like who do I, who do I serve, and what's my priority?
1: And then I'm a woman. I'm innately guilty, right? I I was born feeling this sense of guilt in life. We, it's scientifically proven. Um, so absolutely. I I do feel an obligation to the community and to the organizations that I've built partnerships with that look for me day after day, you know, to help them with this matter or anything, it can be anything. And I think about that a lot, Alisa, and it does tie me down. I'm it makes me feel like, "Oh man, there has to be someone that can take this role on and still make them feel like they're being served in a manner that is, you know, what they were getting before, which is going to be hard to do. But it's not my responsibility. That's a rule that definitely has to be broken. Because if I stay in that, then what is that going to do to my spirit, to my being?
0: Especially if you're trying to serve others and you you have like an anvil on top of you while you're trying to give back.
1: That's not going to work, right?
0: I look at you and see that no matter what role you're going to have, it's going to be, you're going to be in a place of service, whether that's an internal team, external organizations, the community at large, that's just who you are. Part of owning your power, I think, is owning that choice to serve in a place that makes sense for you. And I don't know, I... I hesitate saying it because it sounds kind of idealistic. Like I could hear my, like this other voice in me is like, but you don't know, there's nothing else, you know, (laughs) there's nothing else out there. But I think that's like coming from a place of scarcity. Absolutely. I don't know. What do you think about all that? I think you're
1: right. I think you hit the nail right on the head. You know, it's like having that good angel and that bad angel, like one telling you this and the other telling you something else. What is the authentic me? And I have to lay with that regardless of what happens and the position and role that I take. That's what I'm gonna have to live with day to day. So I make the choice about my overall well being. One thing that is true today, I think for a lot of us, is. COVID made us really take a few steps back to say to ourselves, is this what I really want? Because it doesn't really feel like I'm in the right place. Or maybe you're in the best place of your life and COVID made you realize that. That's great too.
0: Well, literally like 50% of the country quit their jobs. So (laughs) I don't think (laughs) you're alone.
1: Right. I'm like, yes, good for you. Every time I see a tweet, it's like, you know, this government position, I quit today. I'm out of here. They didn't accept this. I'm like, you go, girl. <laughs> like, it's empowering, you know, yeah. but at the same time, it is scary. Like, what's next? But I think when you're true to yourself, it the cards fall into place the way that they're supposed to.
0: I lived in a lot of uncertainty throughout this whole pandemic right before 20 the end of 2019 I got let go like shockingly let go from my position we had a complete reorg someone else bought the company it's a totally different place now but I was an entrepreneur for most of this pandemic it was really hard And parts of I I hated so much, but there are also parts of me that I, first of all, I had like two months of detox from like corporate world, right? There was all that I had to get rid of. But it was, aside from being hard, I learned so much about myself, my skills, my strengths, doing what I loved. And now, almost two years later, I've had different opportunities just kind of come to me. And I would have never guessed. I'm so happy. I'm like elated right now. But there were so many dark moments on the journey. And my journey was only two years. I know other people live in those journeys for a lot longer. And so there is sacrifice. Owning your power is not always fun. So
1: do you think because like when you think back, like, oh, if I had not actually been let off, like would these opportunities have actually arisen?
0: Honestly, I probably I stayed in that job a good one year too long because for a whole year I was super bored and I didn't know where to go or what type of work I wanted to do. Nothing really seemed like a good nothing was out there that was like, oh, this is worth it for me. So I just stayed. And even my um, my CMO who was letting me go, she was like, I know this sucks, but I think this is a blessing in disguise. Like, I don't think, I know, because I was really honest with her throughout about my hopes and dreams and all that. She was like, I know this isn't what you want to do. So she said, you're working on influencer plans for executives. I think this is your time to become an influencer yourself. Wow. And I was like, I hate you. (laughs) In the moment, (laughs) I was like, I'm sure I'm going to be appreciative later. But today, no, I'm not happy. (laughs) I wasn't, I'm not (laughs) prepared. I have no savings. What am I going to (laughs) do?
1: Wow. I completely dig that. I resonate with that. One time working for New York State Assembly, I got bored and I ended up quitting under circumstances. Um, leaving, like a, a resignation kind of, it was like a mutual leaving. And I remember I got my master's degree. I couldn't find a job. And there was all this like discouragement, you know, those letters that come after you apply for job after job after job. And then you get the letter that says your application was great. However, X, Y, and Z, some, we chose someone else out of the pool because their qualifications happened to meet. It should just, one, don't send the letter. (laughs) Never never write me. But it should say rejected
0: on the subject line. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a heads up here.
1: (laughs) But I remember two years later trying to go back to New York State Assembly. And I think that it is a blessing in disguise what you experienced because I remember my boss saying to me, my former boss saying, you graduated from here. Like you're, you were bored even when you left. So when you come back, it's just going to be the same thing. There's, you know, you, you graduated the most important words that came were you graduated from here. And I was just like, you, I hate you. Like give me the job. I'm broke. (laughs) But future tense. I think we can both appreciate it.
0: Yeah. There's a, in some ways, I have a total entrepreneur spirit, but I was not prepared. When COVID hit, I did so much free work. And I was on a high because I was like helping people. And it was so wonderful. And then like my checking account just got lower and lower. And I was like, Oh, I guess I better like have a business here. (laughs) And that took a little while. And then I finally started getting my stride. And then, you know, then things just fell into place. But you know, it's a journey.
1: It's what you just said. They fall into place. You know, you were doing what you love, Mm -hmm. right? Most importantly. And I think about that every single day. And that's what breaks my heart about leaving this position is I didn't just fall in love with the position. I fell in love with my community, the community that was built on this foundation of me being in that position. And (sighs) When I think about it, I'm just like, well, you'll always be my friends, right? (laughs) You could always call me, but at the same time, it's like, it's different. And that's where the rule breaking comes in and is most key. It's like, if I stay in that, if we stay in that, then those opportunities, those great other opportunities that we didn't even know exist, we'll never have a chance at it.
0: It's a good thing this isn't a dating show because I have, a lot, I have a lot of examples about staying with the wrong people for too long. Wait, we could make it a dating show. You want to let us know? <laughs> but you, there's like this sense of responsibility that you feel because of, well, in a dating, like for me in a relationship, you're like, well, it's not bad, but it could be good. And you don't realize it until you're out. And then you're like, whoa, the sky is blue. The grass is green. Like there's this whole other world. It's not all grays and blacks and whites anymore. You know, that's
1: a great analogy because what you just said is almost to the point of what you stay in for a job, right? So I think about all the things that are positive, like, oh, he's handy or, (laughs) you know, but you're not really that attracted to him, you know, it's. The same thing with a job.
0: In my case, I was like, this is the last relationship. I was like, is he cute enough? I mean, maybe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're looking for like the cuteness. Like, let me see your eyes again. Yeah,
0: there's got to be a future I can can like.
1: (laughs) Same thing with this, with careers, with, you know, choosing the right careers. That's like perfect perfect analogy is staying in a relationship that you know just you feel something you don't know what it is but every time he walks through the door you're like hmm I don't know,
0: <laughs> I don't know. and in my case like for a long time
1: <laughs> oh god I'm glad you're out of that yeah me too right, you hear that you hear that guys <laughs> I she's bushy-eyed, and <laughs> what is this, this saying? She's beautiful today, beautified. So look at that face and just know uh, she will not settle. Exactly. Ain't that the truth? And that's the perfect way to go into 2022. Having these conversations really helps remind us that we're not alone in this. Like we're all going through this same thing and trying to figure out like, what are the next steps? Do I stay? Do I go? I think if we're questioning if we got to go, we got to go.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, what would you tell our listeners who are experiencing this like seesaw feeling?
1: It changes from day to day because we're human and things around us, the circumstances, as you mentioned earlier, change. I'll just give you one more quick example. My old deputy director, Susan Thaler, I'll even say her name, because she's like (laughs) the most wonderful person, wonderful boss, like profound management that I've ever been involved in. She was a mentor, she was an advocate. We were all hoping for her to get the director position. If she was director... I would die there. I would not leave. I would just continue through life and be happy and just ready to go every morning. Yeah, that's so cool. She's that person. She retired. And then recently, I got the news. Actually, this morning, I got the news from the new deputy director that she said that she was willing to come back to the library to work part-time after she retired. So it's a whole different position. And it's her. Hmm. In the flesh, being in the building, which changes a lot circumstantially.
0: Well, it could change for you to know that if you go, she'll be there, like for your people. It
1: does. Like I, I teared when the, when the, the deputy, the new deputy director, was probably like, "Gosh, I hope I make someone in my life feel like
0: this."
1: Yeah, what an honor it is, and and she is, you know, an honor to be just around, even as an individual, she's just this amazing spirited woman. And when she told me, I called my mom immediately and said, oh my God, a wrench was just put in my train of thought of, you know, like what my future plans are right now. Susan's coming back to the library. And um, so I don't really know, even though she's there, what is... It changes a lot of things. It changes going in and, you know, feeling good to see these great faces and great people, but it doesn't change the main issue at hand. Correct. Because she's not the
0: director. Okay, this is, I have something to say to our listeners and Rose. Add, if you add whatever comes to mind, because I've been thinking about this. For any listeners who are, not sure if they should stay or go in their current positions, whatever their circumstances is. One thing I want to tell you is I have two conflicting things. One is if you're not ready, you're not ready. And no matter how many people around you are telling you you need to go or you need to stay, it's very important for you to be true to yourself in those moments and make that decision for you. Other part that I want to say that's a little bit contradictory to that is if you need that push to take you over the edge to make that decision because you know that you know that you know it's time to go, use today's conversation as that push to kind of get you out of your head and out of all the what-ifs and maybes and potentials and use today's conversation to Put a stake in the ground and decide. So if you are ready, do it now. Change course without hesitation. If you're not, take the time that you need, but get to a resolution either way. You either want to be 100% in or 100% out and see what it feels like. It's probably going to be uncomfortable either way because they're like we just talked about. It's all uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, no, maybe all <laughs> getting to those places.
1: Very uncomfortable. and. For a while, you might not feel comfortable, (laughs) even after you make the decision of going. So yeah, I agree with Alisa 100%. If you're questioning it and you have doubts, do without. And that's like the best motto to follow because there's something within you that just is telling you. Like, hey, poking you every day, every night. You know, Uh, what are you doing? You're still there. You know, you could be doing something else, taking that time and applying it to something that really matters most to you. So I absolutely support Alisa's message there.
0: Rose, thank you so much for sharing and coming back and sharing all these in-between moments. It's it's a really difficult place to be and I thank you for opening up your world to America. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: all the listeners. Who knows? It's global. It's universal. I don't think that this is just American You know, women who are dealing with this. I think even men, men are currently dealing with this. If you're out there and you're listening and you need a little empowerment, it's okay. You can You can contact any of us and say, I listened to your show and you guys empowered me to have a conversation (laughs) about being a man who has a boss who's just not fulfilling your greatest dreams or, you know, making you feel good day to day. And it's not always going to be perfect. Most importantly, I've learned through my journey, Alisa, that even though there are people who you just won't get on with, period. There are ways to make it work and still feel fulfilled in your role. But I do wanna leave the listeners with this. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, okay? And this is not just in the making of a baby here. This is I knew before I got pregnant. I knew before I even met my partner that I was on my way out while he was on his way in. That's not to say I didn't give him a chance because I gave him a great one. Two, three, maybe four.
0: Want to know how breaking the rules can help you level up your career game? Search What Rules Podcast on any social media platform and join our members-only group on LinkedIn, where we discuss rule-breaking strategies for multicultural women. What Rules is a production of Color Forward. The show is produced by me, Elisa Monjadas, with editing and fabulous sound design by Mathar Delion. Visit ColorForward.com for more stories, events, and of course, all the episodes of What Rules. And that's a wrap.
1: Next time you talk to me, I might be asking for donations for my daughter, some groceries. Please send diapers. <laughs> <laughs>